So it's going to be interesting. I can't podcast at my house because the boys are pounding in the garage, which is right outside my door. Okay. I see. So I've locked myself in the house, but mom's going to be coming and going. So we might have to go around some stuff. But oh, that's okay. Yeah. Oh, Trisha, is it okay on your phone? Oh, yeah. You guys sound, I tell you, dude, you sound better than on my computer. Awesome. I couldn't tell you were on your phone, so that's a good sign, I guess. <laughs> yes, that is. Did you accept whatever Trish, uh, Scarlet tried to send you, Scott? Yes, it's attempting to open it now. Okay. Uh, hi, guys. I've missed you. I missed you. It's been a while. It has been a while, and things have been crazy going on. Mm-hmm. And I just got a message from Rachel who said, are you still working on A Better Man? And I said, yes. And she said, because it's not marked off on the schedule. I said, I know. I haven't got in there yet to fix it. And she said, because I'd really like to do the the Star Trek crossover. I've been reading it, and it's really good. Said, I'll <laughs> sign you up. Well, I still really enjoy this one. I read the chapters for this week, this mm-hmm. morning, or through today, I guess. Not all this morning. but uh, And it was really fun. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's just taken us a while. It's just been really, really hard. There's a lot of stuff that's come up and we've skipped weeks and stuff. But, yeah. you know. Sickness and family stuff and yeah, it's just mm-hmm. been <laughs> Scarlet is awaiting your response, Scott. This is for the T shirts. Um kind of fun. My idea was to take the Pufwa logo, the blue with the book, and put it on the back and then just put PFW host like where your shirt pocket would be. Oh yeah. But there's the, a lot of that would be hard to print. It's there's a lot of gradients and stuff in that. Yeah. So we've come up with this, and it's just going to be, I guess, on the front. Because I was thinking that if I wear my backpack, we won't. Nobody will see it. Sorry, Trisha. We're we're making plans here. Oh, that's okay. Go uh-huh. right ahead. Uh, I'm thinking about eating something. So go ahead. <laughs> my my dinner didn't work good. out so well. This is kind of cool that I, like I can walk around w- with my phone now. I thought we could wear them the first day because the, of the meetup, so people can find us. Yeah, that would probably help. It's weird. I'm just over a week now. I know. And I told um, just Jane, she asked me when you were coming, and I got all confused. Logan's leaving on the 22nd, which is the people that are going to help me make the T-shirts. And so I said, Scott's coming on the 22nd. And she's like, oh, okay, I'm coming on the 20th. And I said, okay, so we'll be together. And then I looked at the calendar and I went, Scott's not coming till the 25th. <laughs> I'm way off. Yes, there's a slight difference. The work people would be uh, slightly annoyed with me after I tried to leave on the 22nd, I think. Probably. <laughs> As it is, I'm leaving them by themselves at the end of the month, so I have to try and get all my end-of-month stuff done this week instead, yeah, if I can. Yeah, I, I worried about it because you were gone for a while with your grandma, too, so mm-hmm. I thought, ooh, I hope this doesn't make things hard. Well, they said it would be okay as long as I try and keep on top of what they need to do and give them a list of stuff, mm-hmm. things like that. So I'd book these off um, months ago now, so. That's true. So, Trisha, are you still with us? Mm-hmm. And you're eating, so I shouldn't ask you about your son. Mm, uh, it's a very, very long and tedious story. Okay, so suffice it to say that Ulrich is with the grandparents for a while, and you are kidless. 
Yes, I I am. I am kidless. I I mean yes. But I have a feeling this might be the last one he's going down there. So <laughs> Okay. Oh, yeah. Yes, we we should just get going on it. Uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. Just the guys are working on the garage. So if mom comes in and we all scream, Hi mom Yep. Okay. And mute. So um, today was supposed to rain. It has not rained. Although we could get thunderstorms tonight, the thunderclouds keep building and then dissipating. Hmm. Um, That's interesting. But today was the day it was supposed to rain, so Mom and I decided we were going to work on my Hufflepuff robes today okay. because it was going to be raining. Yeah, we spent all day out in the yard because it was beautiful. And needless to say, I have no Hufflepuff robes. <laughs> What were you planning to do for them? I have two sheets. I have a black sheet and a yellow sheet. It's not a very good yellow, but it's as good as we can do. And apparently... Could you dye it? Yeah. It, I think it'll work. Okay. So apparently you fold it in half, the sheet, and you lay down on it like, you know, you lay down when kids draw around you with chalk on the ground. Okay. And mm -hmm. mom's going to draw around me, leaving, you know, quite a bit of area, and draw the arms... And then straight down, kind of down for the robes. Well, and happy. then when you open it up, it's like bottom of the robe, arm, arm, bo bottom of the robe. So it's, you know, it's doubled because the sheet's folded in half. Well, okay, yeah. And yeah, kind of like how you do snowflakes. Yeah. And then, so those, so you're going to do that twice, one with the black sheet, one with the yellow sheet. And then you sew the yellow sheet inside the black sheet. And you sew the arms and stuff you sew it all together, and then um, there's a way to make a hood, too. I don't know if we'll do that. There's a, a video. It's a real simple video that just says how to make a Hogwarts robes. And, of course, they make Gryffindor robes. But it looks really of simple. Um, mm -hmm. But I don't sew. So we'll see how simple it really is. And, yeah. and I ordered a Hufflepuff patch. So I have a Hufflepuff patch to go with it. Oh, okay. Too. So that's kind of exciting. That's my excitement. Yeah. I, I like the like to turn it out. Yeah, it'll be fun to I'll have to take pictures. Yes. You can take pictures of the process, too, if you like. It might be fun. Mm, that's true. I can use Mom's camera for that. Mm -hmm. So that would be awesome. So I feel like I'm, I'm looking at the, um, the fic. Mm -hmm. And it's been so long. I don't remember where we ended. I know what the master schedule says we ended on. That's what I started at. But let's just go with that. Yeah. Let's just. I've got it open to the first chapter we're supposed to be on right now. That's what I. That's what I read today. The end of forty-six. Oh yeah, we talked about them. Um, attacking this village in that's Edsel. right and i wondered whether it was going to have any there was going to be anything come up about hestia's friends having been from the air force base near there and apparently that never showed up but no. okay. i remember that anyway in, in my so reading today apparently i loaded the chapters wrong and i started back a couple of chapters so when I started what my reread, it didn't start on this chapter, and that's why I was confused. But I agree with you. We did get through 46, having looked at it. So I think yeah. we're good. So shall we start? Because I'm sure we're going to go to bed at some point early. 
I think yeah. we can do this fairly quickly. Mm-hmm. Yes, because hey, a lot of, being, you know what? I, yeah. We're a lot better about it than uh, Point of View Weekly because, you know, it's less than 15 minutes into the call as opposed to an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I've been pulling, I've been listening. Set for, I started at 1, and in everyone I had on my on my iPod, I don't have them all, but most of them, and I've been listening and writing down timestamps. And so mm-hmm. I have all these quotes for a new intro, but I also have all the the raunchy ones that we've said for a, a intro that'll probably only be heard by the the crew. Section. Because I'm not sure that it's something that we're gonna want to actually release. Oh, okay. But there's you know, there's so much because I mean there's Bob talking about his McGangbang and mm-hmm. there's uh there's all Jen. sorts of things you can do with out-of-context remarks. Oh, yeah. Jen podcasting naked. And there's, you know, there's... Well, Ryan said something. I enjoy Sue. I'm like, oh, I can pull this out of context and just do really bad things with it. So <laughs> I think there there might be a, a little something we're going to do with that. I still have a few. I have them all written down, but I haven't uh, recorded them, gone back and pulled the recordings yet. I had fun. Um, you never know. It could be a point of your weekly Smutsgiving subtitle. Mm-hmm. Well, Bob really wants to do a Smutsgiving episode. He was really upset mm-hmm. that they kicked all the men out. So we might. And then the one, I hadn't listened to it yet, but I was listening to episode 21 today. And and after I read this, and it has uh, Danielle singing, We Saw Your Boobs from the Oscars. So I thought okay. I too. I apparently missed that moment of the Oscars, but okay. Yeah. Well, I didn't actually watch the Oscars, so that was a long time ago. Ooh, hello. Uh, oh, that's funny. I had um, three little boys this um, this week, mm-hmm. and they decided they found this like parody song. I guess it's for some video ga- uh, video game of um oh crap, Mortal Kombat, mm-hmm. and they're and it was called "Have You Ever Been Punched in the Balls?" Ooh. But it was funny. I hear three little voices going, Have you ever punched in the balls? I have. I have. Have you ever been punched in the balls? I have. I have. I was laughing hysterically. I bet. Oh, they just thought it was the funniest damn thing in the world. Sorry. When you were talking about boobs and stuff, it made me think of balls. So <laughs> That's okay. I had the boys here yesterday. Uh, or Mike and Calvin were here for dinner, and then... We went and saw Now You See Me. Good movie, if you have a chance to see it. Okay. And uh, we picked up one of Calvin's little friends on, on the way. And we watched the little zombie short. We were watching zombies. Calvin was playing all kinds of videos and stuff on his phone. And it's stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know. It's just like, Calvin, mm-hmm. just turn it off. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we're way off course. All right, so I will start us. Okay. For Friday, April 18th, this is episode 186 of Potterfic Weekly. Welcome to the place where the story never ends. Hey, Ronnie, the next time you're... Previously on Potterfic Weekly. Where would you like to start, Sue? <laughs> well, we'd like to start at the beginning. That would be awesome! My resolutions for this Potterfic Weekly season is not to snort. Welcome to Potterfic Whatever. Oh, Scott. Did we, did we lose Scott? Okay, what did I miss? Am I surrounded by Hufflepuffs? You yes, are. you are. Yes, you are. 
Apparently, I'm Jen, and I don't know my alphabet. No, she's the poster child for our podcast. <laughs> Shit. I snort. I think I need more meds. My meds have kicked in, I can tell. Sure. <laughs> I think that's two. That could possibly be three. Moving right along. I felt like a rock star. Just really big knickers. Pants are your underpants, not oh. trousers. Modern Weekly, defining strange terms for your edification. <laughs> but I was planning on getting grammar to anytime soon. Really, honestly. <laughs> Saxon Snorkax, two of my favorite subjects. I love Snake. You are quite possibly clinically insane. In the nicest sense of the word, of course. <laughs> we'll always laugh before the end. Think we clean, where the story never ends. Welcome to Potterfic Weekly, one of a family of podcasts. I'm Sue. I'm Scott. I'm Trisha. And we are going to finish A Better Man this week if it kills us. This fic I don't want to kill us. has oh man. This fic has just been but I gonna kill us. Yeah, it's not gonna kill us. A comedy of errors. We have had missed recordings, we've had sicknesses, we've had all kinds of things that have come up and it's just dragged on and on and on and on. So it's not that we didn't like it, it was just that real life got in the way and we are more than ready for it to be done. And so, we are going to finish it tonight. That's the plan. Yes. Yes. And we start off with Chapter 47, which is called Siege. Ominous sort of title. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, sorry, I clicked on the wrong button. I'm like, where'd the fig go? <laughs> so, in, in the last chapters, they were trying to figure out where the where they would find Horcruxes, and one of the ideas was Borgen and Burt's. And Ginny had the idea to send her brothers to Borgenberg's to um, um, uh, find it. Yes. How do you how do you fight? I just pretty much infiltrate it, take over. I mean, that's what they that's what they did. It was kind of I you, you know what this out of all of it, this is what I mean. It was it was it was written because it was written like the twins. They would just take over. It's like you don't know. What it, they were like the flaming tornado, and they came in and just took over. Yeah, I know. It was like the uh, uh, the flaming tornado of uh, fire that we talked about a few years ago with Aaron, when the oil spill mm-hmm. got you know caught on fire and then a tornado brought it inland, kind of a thing. And that's exactly how they were. They knocked on the door, and Borgen, or yeah, Borgen is like, "What? What do you want?" You have to talk to my lawyer. And they're like, ah, your lawyer's in jail. And they, like, sweep into there. And he's like, you can't come in. I don't want you in here. And they just bowl over him. And they're like, let's go back to your office. And he's like, but, but, but. But they go in his office, so he has to follow them because he doesn't want them in there alone. And while it's they're... Okay, kind of thing. Say that again? It's like they don't... I mean, afraid is like you might take. You might like they might take something and they're touching something because they're always touching something and they're moving something and he's just like it's he, they're, they're just manipulating him. they're really distracting him from from what their goal is right and 
once they go in, various items sort of drift around and move, and price tags get switched and stuff like that. And then we have... I kind of want to know what some of those things are. Oh, Somebody just bought a hugely rare item for two galleons or whatever. <laughs> but, yeah. Oh, well. And then we go into Remus and Kingsley, and they're uh, at the Prime Minister's office. And we've got Tonks coming in, too, because she's volunteered to be Remus's personal bodyguard. And she calls him... Uh, Fluffy Poop, and he tries to call her Nympha and gets uh, silenced. Yeah, he does. He's going to end up sleeping on the couch if he was not careful. And while they're they're kind of having a little bit of a banter, and the Prime Minister is there, and is is happy to meet Tonks, and they hear this muffled sound, and they realize that they're under attack. I love what they end up doing here, and I'm not sure it's this sort of jumps back and forth, back and forth, but I'm just going to go with yeah, it. Yeah, it gets a little disconcerting, because I couldn't figure out where I was going and whose point of view it was. Right. So, the Nivadoris calls for help through the flu, and then we go back to Harry and crew, and George and Fred are saying, you know, no luck at Bergen and Borks. Oregon and Burks. There we go. They didn't have anything. They've invented this new invisibility thing. It looks like an invisibility cloak. And basically, one of the twins stayed behind under this invisibility spell. Well, Lee Jordan polyjuiced himself into that twin and went in as the twin. So there was actually a twin loose in the store. Ooh, Borgen would have a fit. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> yeah. They could have just had Lee do that part, but I guess George wanted to have all the fun. Of course he did. And we jump back to the ministry, or the Mongol prime ministers, and four Death Eaters burst in, and they want to know where the werewolf is, because the whole thing is to kill Remus. This is why they're here. They're not after the Mongol prime minister. They want... Uh The minister says uh, that they they went out the window. And about that time... A spell comes from a chair and knocks him out. <laughs> so, the, instead of going out the window, they've disillusioned or changed themselves into chairs. And all I can think of is Slughorn as a chair in the movie, you know? Yeah, that's all I can think of, too. Mm-hmm. Well, it's in the book, too. Yeah, but it's such a... I, I just have the visual from the movie. But I must say, you make a very convincing armchair, Horace. And so they they catch him, and then Nymphadora turns from the Prime Minister back into herself. Because, so. you know, for a minute you're like, oh man, the Prime Minister's not guarded and, and is there. I mean, they could kill him so quickly. Yeah. But it was really Dora the whole time. And then we have Filch, and Filch is sad. Because Peeves has left. It's gone. Peeves is gone, and Filch has no one to chase. And poor Mrs. Norris is like, wow. She doesn't know what's wrong, either. She's trying to entertain him, and she's like, you're not paying attention to me. You don't love me. And so he's drinking, and he's just, you know, take the same without him. But he's going to go down to eat, because Minerva has asked that all of the uh, staff go down for meals. So, if Trelawney can do it, he can do it. 
Yeah, especially coming from her. Mm-hmm. And off he goes. And then, is it this chapter when um, he goes, wait, no, are we at the end of the chapter? We're getting close. Sky and okay. we're in back to... Funny noises. Yeah, oh, interesting. Like, kind of like crickets, but not really. It's it's the mouse ball, I think. Ah, uh-huh. uh, yep, that'll be it. Yep. Yep, there it is. That sounds, yep. So... That's the scrolling thing. Mm-hmm. That's what it's Yes, we're like. um, at dinner, and everybody's heard about the events at the Prime Minister's office, and how um, Remus had assisted Ors in beating back the spirit rust of the assault, so uh, the press all thinks that it was somebody was after the Prime Minister. Right. And, and Harry kind of wonders why Tonks was even there, and uh, Ginny figures she was just probably visiting her boyfriend. Mm-hmm. And then Team shows up. I guess Yay! he's done his sabbatical for whatever he was doing. He's, uh, and he comes back with a poem. Weezing, mm-hmm. Weaselby wants a little tart. Careful what you eat or you might make you fart. And, uh, that was interesting. Who just took a screenshot? Oh, that, oh my god, you oh, heard that. Okay. Yes. That was, I was taking a picture of the cat for all of us. Is she in the sink? No, she's laying on the paper. Because it also sounds like there's water running. Mm, no. No, I hear static. It's not a big deal. We can pull it out. It just, it sounds like water, and then I hear this, this shutter sound. I'm like, oh, who took a picture? <laughs> that was funny. That was. So, anyhow, Hatch goes after him. The kids. With renewed figure. Yes. He doesn't need his cane anymore. It kind of reminds me of Charlie and the Chocolate Factory mm-hmm. and Grandpa. And we move on. My computer is just being so slow. To Summer of Changes. So we have Filch, who's just exuberant about having Peeves back. Mm-hmm. And, uh, Screaming up a storm, chasing him around the hall, but he's grinning the whole time. And Harry lets him know that if they don't find the last Horcrux, he's not coming back to school because he's got to find the Horcruxes. And Hermione starts to say something. He's like, Hermione, I have to do this. And she says, and I'm letting you know that I'm coming with you. And, of course, Ron steps up. And then everybody wants to go. And Jenny says, nope, only those two. And everybody kind of stops and looks at her. And it's like, not even you? And she says, no, if I go, Harry will be distracted. And I don't want him distracted. This is a different Jenny. Yes. This is the, I don't even, I mean, they say that you know, she is playing Quidditch and all this other stuff. But this is the Jenny would be like. Yeah, right. Never mind. And you know what? If you won't let me, I'm going to come after you anyhow. I don't know. That's the whole gen- I always see. Right. And this this one, is too yeah, but in this in this case, it's not them trying to keep her out of it. She's made the decision herself. Mm-hmm. Right. So they're heading home. And also, he has Hedwig to... Uh, um, he's got the bond with Hedwig, so he can leave Hedwig to take care of Ginny, and he, he'll know exactly how she is all the time, which is helpful. Right. And she's... It was Hedwig's idea to stay, which I thought was cool. Yeah, let's have Hedwig's ghost all live. Yeah, a lot more people I live in this version. Mm-hmm. So they go home on the train, and they, you know, know that they're liable to be attacked at any time. That Privet Drive is liable to be attacked. Uh, Colin, not Colin. Cedric and Victor have gone on because they're going to. 
Romania? No. Where are they going? Albania. Albania. That's Albania. it. To look for That's where Vapor Mort was at one point, so they think the Horcrux might be there. And we have this little interlude where Petunia and Vernon show up on the train, and the train car kind of makes room for them. And Petunia's like, how did you get this to enlarge? Uh, Lily used to complain all the time that they could never make it enlarge, and the kids explained that the Hogwarts Express is part of Hogwarts, and so... It's got its own magic, and for some reason the castle likes them, so it kind of does all these things to accommodate them. And making this room bigger is one of those things. And I think it's because of the unity that they have formed. Yes, they're special. Get everything because they're wonderful. They're special. They're kind. They're not. They're nice. Just little fuzzy, fuzzy animals and fleas and everything else. Well, they're not sorry nice fleas. Okay, maybe not nice. Because they formed the Order of Golden Light. There was that whole pulse of magic through the castle and such earlier. Mm-hmm. That was yeah. Yep. And then we have uh, Remus looking through a surveyor's measurement because they're getting ready to cast spells around the various houses to make sure they're protected. And Vernon says, well, you can come and stay with us, because you know you're not safe where you are. And Remus says, well, Sirius left me Grimald Place. And Vernon's like, why would you want to stay there? That place is terrible. But Dobby and Winky have cleaned it up. And we have a, a secret keeper uh, explanation about how the secret keeper works in this one. So basically, yeah, I, thought, I thought that was pretty. I thought that was pretty interesting. I mean, saying that it's more than just the secret keeper itself, but it's also the spellcaster too. It's kind of like when you see the uh, the unbreakable vow. You you need the third. Per, you need that. You need the two people and then the third person to create the spell. Right. Kind of thing. So just because. <laughs> I'm sorry, I just caught one of the typos. Uh, the bodyguard. Oh, there's a typos that really threw you up there some, too. Some very funky typos. I know there were a couple of words listening to it on the text reader that I was like, okay, uh-huh. is that a text text typo or is he really trying to say this word? And I can't remember what they are now, of course. But there were some words I, that I was just like, I had a couple of, and I love the z z z z z z z z z z z z z z z. Yeah. Well, it's better than X X X X X X X X X X X. Yeah, that's true. It does sound like you say X X X X X. So I wonder if they did that in Lavender Brown. That would be fun. That would be fun for Lavender Brown. Probably not though. So the men decide to go in and have some special pumpkin juice, the kind the kids can't have, so you know it's spiked. And we z z z z z z z again to a new place. We have Tonks, who uh, was mentioned in the last little bit that she's out on assignment, and she's ducking behind a stone wall as uh, Spellfire is being thrown at her, and she's got American Aurors on one side um, that she sends off to for like reinforcements to go around to kind of flank um, the Death Eaters and all this stuff, and she's in Albania. So she's got Albanian, American, and French Orrors that are ha- helping conduct conduct this raid, and of course, this is the politically correct fic I've ever read in my life. 
Yeah. It's like the United Nations. It is like the United Nations, yes. And out of the middle of nowhere, Cedric and Victor show up. Pop! And she's like, get your butts over here! And they, like, duck spellfire and stuff. And so she says, well, you guys can help. You can help me, you know, with suppressing fire while the other two teams get into place. And so the two young men fly, and they do things from the air, which gives them a great advantage. And because they're mm-hmm. so good on the broom, they can avoid most of the spell fire. And I like it because it's just like, I guess, any time that we've seen fighting within books or other fix, everybody's on the, or on the ground. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is another dimension of fighting. Right. Yeah, and it's kind of fun. And they have this Claymore device that they're going to set off, and it's, you know, it releases this raw transfiguration magic, and every, all of the Death Eaters become barnyard animals or ottomans or some sort of short blue humanoids, so one becomes actually a Smurf. Mm-hmm. And, uh... That was fun. Smurf. You wonder, you wonder who showed the twins the Smurfs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I bet you it was Dudley. Yeah, probably. So... They uh, turn them over, and the Albanians are like, we really like this, we're going to order some. And, and Victor and Cedric are kind of laughing, and he's like, why are you laughing? And they're like, well, because you think you're ordering it from the government, but really it's coming from these two twin kids we know. They're entrepreneurs. Yeah, they've got a joke job. And they do all these fun things, so it's all right. But of course, they're on the government to get involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they have to go through the government so that they don't think that they're... Um, spying or anything like that. No, we don't want that. <laughs> and then I love this part. This is the next chapter of Thinking In. And Harry, Ron, and Hermione are in Muggle London looking for birthday gifts and just kind of cruising around. And Hermione spots a museum and says, let's go to the museum. And the boys are like, oh, do we have to? And they okay. walk in. I was so freaking confused when it came to this, um, because I, I put it in, I put it in my, um, reader, uh-huh. because then it, I thought I skipped a chapter. And I'm going back, I'm like, wait a minute, where's the transition? I, I had no clue. I had no clue where I was going, where, where this, where this went. It's because it switched chapters and you don't always know that if you don't put your chapters in when you do it. Well, I put the chap, put the chapter in, but the thing is I thought, wait a minute, I must have hit something wrong or, cause I'm like, this is not the right chapter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it is a little, it does kind of just show up out of the blue. And basically they've walked into this museum and there's Helga's cup. And they're just like, uh, how in the does heck are we going to get this? Cup? Say it again, Trisha. Does it say Helga's cup? The Helga's cup. I can't remember. Did it say, like, this is Helga's cup? Well, they say, we can't believe that we found it, and it's got a badger on it, and a knotwork, um, intricate knotwork, and the carving handles. So, I mean, they're pretty... It's not labeled that way, but it's it's part of (laughs) an exhibit for early Middle Ages crockery and utensils, and they're like... It's gold and has a badger on it. I'm guessing probably the one we want. <laughs> okay, hang on. We're, we're taking a hiatus in a minute. Uh, okay. Kelly just wrote to me. Mm-hmm. She went and got her hair done, and whatever the hairdresser put in the hair glue, 
she's allergic to, she's on big time antihistamines for hives, she itches, oh, and she's loopy. Oh, get her on the okay. damn podcast. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so she's going to go soak in the tub to try to get rid of the itch and then go to bed. I said, sounds like the best time to podcast. She says, I know, but. <laughs> oh, I haven't talked to Kelly in so long. <laughs> I'm going to tell her, Trisha misses you. Oh, thank you. I want you. She says, I'm not podcasting from this tub. Well, that would be a new one. That would be. It would work. Yeah, I don't think anybody has podcast from the tub. I know, well, Jen, well, no, we didn't get her to podcast. She was in the tub during a podcast, but she wasn't actually on with us. No. Zip, zip, zip. She says no. Okay, well, we tried. I know. So I'm going to tell her to feel better. Yeah. Okay. I knew that all that typing would just, like, show up, so. Sleep, we all wish you well. Oops, except for I can't spell well. She's been itching for two days. This morning she'd had enough. She Oof. went to the doctor. Oof. Uh, I don't think I could handle like two days. No. You know, in the Point of View Weekly, and Jen was talking about how she's allergic to latex and how they gave her a shot or an IV or something like that, and it caused latex to go in underneath her skin. <gasps> and oh, it, my God. And it made her have hives for, like, the next year, two years, something like that. She had hives constantly, and they were trying to figure out what to do and how to fix it and all this stuff, and, oh, it just sounded so awful. That sounds mm-hmm. painful. So she says that she's had to wear long sleeves at work, her scalp is super tender, and she's really... Uh, she has to be <laughs> the, the antihistamines don't take away the itch, they just don't make you, they just make you don't, so you don't care that you're itchy. So I'm going to take care of it, I suppose. Yep. Go bathe. All right. I told her to put calendula on it, because I know calendula is a good herb for that. And she says, I am, but it's still weepy. Nut night, she says. We're way off course. Back to this. They found the cup. It's in the Museum of London. And they just, they don't know what to do. I was waiting for yeah. them just to, like, Break open the glass and run like hell, like they did at Gringotts in the book. Mm-hmm. Well, I, was, I was hoping for that. I just read a fic. I have no idea which one. That I suppose it could be spoiling something that's coming up, but um, they're, they're in a museum, and the, the cup's there. Something that they're looking for is, is in this museum. And so Jenny goes and, like, fawns and flirts with Malfoy, which starts a fight with whoever her boyfriend is at the time, Dean or something like that. So Dean and Malfoy are having fisticuffs, and everybody's gathered around to, you know, see what's happening, and Harry, Ron, and Hermione sneak off and steal the artifact from the museum. So it's I was kind of expecting wow. that kind of thing to happen. Not that we have Malfoy here to have fisticuffs with, but... All right, I'm going to ask a dumb question. Okay. Where is Malfoy now? Well, he's, he's, that, he's just... He's, he's, I totally forgot. They have sort of a truce. He yeah. won the whole struggle of Slytherin House between him and Theodore Knott, so they're being neutral. They're not helping and they're not harming anything. And all the, it says in one of the chapters tonight that basically all the Slytherins who 
um, were really into helping the Dark Lord just left Hogwarts. And they're all studying under their parents who are Death Eaters anyway. So. Right. Okay. Because, uh, I, I mean, I'm, because of, for some reason I'm thinking of myself, well, um, yeah, I kind of, so, so, I'm like, it just it seemed like he just fell off the face of the earth. That's what it seemed like. That's yes, what. he did. He kind of just disappeared. So then Harry says he's got an idea. They go back to Diagon Alley and he makes a fire call. And we jump to Pavardi, who is, has... Oh my god, Harry asking for help from an adult. Ah! <laughs> I know. This never It's really disconcerting. Well, you know, he, he was raised with good adult role models, so he's not afraid to ask adults for help. That's how this works. So, mm -hmm. Pavardi and Fleur are Pavardi. Did you like that R in there? Parvati. I think, I think I'm Ryan. I'm adding You've been R's saying it like the cheese. Um, I know, that's exactly what I thought of when I said it. I'm like, hmm, yeah. this is wrong, this is the cheese. Uh, yeah, the R comes first. It's Parvati. Parvati and Fleur are, have broken into um, the Riddle House. And they have this funky little spell, Video Arcanium. Arcanium. Oh, yeah, that really, my text reader did not like that no. word whatsoever. <laughs> no, and that was one of the words I'm like, okay, now is this a real word or is this a misspelling word? Yeah. And basically, you cast this on your eyes, and you can tell whether or not something has two souls, beings. It, it, um, it shows magic, basically. Mm -hmm. um, I guess I guess they do most, mostly use it for, like, the soul things, but it's, if, you, if you try and translate it, it's basically see magic. So okay. uh, it's like showing the enchantedness of whatever they find, plus the... Horcrux spell over top if one exists. Okay. Mm -hmm. All I thought of was night vision glasses. Yeah, that's pretty but much it. Spell. So they're pretty jumpy about the whole thing. The curtains flutter and Parvati freaks out and then realizes it was just the curtains. And But it, a minute later there's thumping sounds and two people are coming into the room so they hide behind those curtains. And it's like a curator showing somebody who's interested in buying the house around. And he's telling them how it's haunted and the riddles were killed nearly 50 years ago. And Frank was killed almost two years ago and all of this. And so the most that we really find out about this or the, the thing that's of interest of this is just that. Oops, here comes Mom. Mom! <laughs> She's trying to be quiet. Trisha says, Mom! is that the man that's with the muggle is Parvati's uncle. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so. that's, I thought it was, okay, I don't think I'm spoiling it, but I thought there would be more information about this. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm like, okay, put this in there, and then everything left. Right, so is this, like, uh... I thought there was something that I, no, I know I'm not, I know I'm probably devoted, but I thought there was going to be something more about it. Mm -hmm. And then we go back to London, and we have the curator of the London Museum is uh, opening the door for Scrimgeour, and he's going to replace Hufflepuff's cup with another cup. And 
then the curator is just like really curious about the whole thing because he won't touch it. Scrimgeour won't touch it. He uses tongs and he's being really careful with it and everything. And the curator's like, it's just an old cup. What? How could this have something to do with national security? And he kind of wants to wonder about it, but he gets obliviated, so. He gets a significant glance. He does. He gets a significant glance, and that's it. They even have a helpful defense feature. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's good. Kind of handy. So we've got the Diary of the Ring, the Locket, the Cup. Uh, when Cedric and Victor get back, we'll find out if they're going to keep looking or not. And Scrimshaw and McGonagall are going to come by later with the cup so that they can destroy the hook. They're just kind of hanging around talking and stuff. And then uh, Vernon sticks his head in and says, Hey, I'm taking Dudley shopping for his jacket next year. Uh, we'll be back. And off they go. And the minute he's out of the house, they put together a surprise party. For Duddykins, because Duddy's always been a little jealous of the fact that Harry gets all these cool parties and he doesn't get one, which is totally the opposite of canon, which is kind of an interesting little twist there. Yeah, it is. Yeah. But unlike Dudley, Harry is a nice boy, and so he invites all of his friends over to have a party in Dudley's honor. Yeah. He comes back, they come back, and he's like, Dad, I don't know why we had to go get my jacket today. It's like the third day of summer holidays. What's going on? Hey, how come nobody's here? The house is dark. And he flips on the light and he's like, surprise! <laughs> and yep. the best part of all is that his girlfriend from the adjacent school, or maybe it's down the street, I can't remember which girlfriend. I know that he there was a girl at the dance at school, and then there was a girl that moved in down the streets. But I don't remember which one's which. Um, I thought they were all the same. But uh, that's possible. Okay. That's possible. But anyhow, um, she's there, and it turns out that her that they know about her family knows about magic. I'm not sure. I, oh, is that a quinky dink or what? That's quite the quinky dink. Everybody got to use that word. Okay, one, two, three together. One, two, three. Quinky dink. Okay, I was when I did it. All right. <laughs> Lost me hanging there. Sorry, I was choking. Sorry. Let me tell you, you had to choke it up. Okay. Uh, yeah, I'll see. I have an orange <laughs> cat at my door trying to figure out how to get in. If um, you had posable thumbs, she could figure it out. He could. You know what this yeah. little devil did? He uh -oh. went hunting. And okay. he caught himself a squirrel. One of those ugly uh -huh. ground squirrels, not one of those cute tree squirrels. And he okay. left it in the mm -hmm. front room in front of the washing machine. While I was gone, I don't know where I was, but I was out doing something. And Mom went in, and she kept almost stepping on the squirrel, so she picked it up and put it outside the door so that she wouldn't step on it. And then she went somewhere, and I came home, and I went down the stairs into the fruit room to put something away, and I turned around, and that squirrel was staring at me, and I screamed bloody murder. Because it was, I didn't see, I walked right past it going in, but I didn't see it. And I turned around and it was right there. And I was like, ah! <laughs> oh, it's dead. Shoot. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, kitty cat. So, kitty. A little present for you. It was. But, sorry. Wow. That's a little off topic. 
No, not a puppet. Never. Never. <laughs> Ever. I don't know where you get that idea from. I know. I know. It's so bad. I love this, that they try to play games at this party. And the... Ron beats everybody at strategy games, so they're like, okay, uh, let's put those back in the closet, and then they try trivia, and Hermione beats everyone at those, and so they're like, uh, how about Twister? Twister, <laughs> I love it, so they're trying to play Twister, and they fall into a heap, and... Neville is not the best person to play Twister with, exactly, so, yeah. He's not. And, uh, but then he realizes what time it is, and he's got to go, because... He promised Granny would be home for dinner. Mm-hmm. Ding, ding. And I, I love the twins because they're like, so how does it feel to be 18 knowing it's your last, next year's your last year at Meltings? And he's like, uh, Smeltings. It's Smeltings. <laughs> they're like, oh, okay. Yeah. So everybody clears up and most of them leave and it's, they're just left with the Order of the Golden Light and Sirius' Ghost mm-hmm. and the Dursley. Right. And um, they're waiting for Cedric and Victor. Oh, no, they're, they're waiting for Scrimger and McGonagall to come over with the cup. Right. And then there's a sudden bang of apparition, and uh, Cedric, they're carrying Victor. They found the whole crux they were looking for. They weren't expecting them back for a week or so, but uh, they're, they're a bunch of traps. Right. And They're in very bad shape. And they first, you start to try and do some magical first aid, and then you realize that the two's already dead. Mm-hmm. And the end of the That's, yeah, end of the chapter, and we have lost Trisha. Can we retrieve her? I don't know. We'll try. She held, we were held remotely for a minute, and then she went away, so we'll see. Connecting, connecting, connecting. I feel like I'm trying to retrieve you. Hello. Hi, Trisha. We lost you, so we decided to talk about shirts instead. I I noticed that. Sorry. It's okay. (laughs) Apparently, if I get a phone call, it totally turns Skype off. (laughs) Uh I did not know that. Well, see, now you know. That was quite interesting. (laughs) Not a problem. Yeah, I, I mean, he didn't, I think he meant to have said, instead he called me, and he's like, what's doing? I'm like, I'm podcasting. He's like, Esther, and I'm like, I'm trying to get back, and I'm like, I see it, I see you guys, and I'm like, come on, help me here. Yeah, and I called you right away, but it just said connecting, 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 connecting. It took some time to actually like, get it you. Turned it off. It turned it back off, and then I, and then it came, and then Skype had to turn right back on. It was weird. It sounds weird. Okay. Okay, well, that was exciting. So we're going to move to Chapter 50. All right, what's Chapter 50 called? Horcruxes and the Heir of Gryffindor. All right, this is just weird. No, no, the next one gets weird. Yeah. So Hermione calls Minerva, Fire calls Minerva, says, you guys need to get here right away. It's an emergency. Bring Pomfrey. So Scrimshaw kind of goes through, and he He's takes... That's full of stuff ready, and he just goes right through. Mm-hmm. And he sees some of his students um, doing everything they can with magic and muggle means to keep alive. Good lord, was that Mr. Diggory? Assistant to Slughorn and Potions? And then even more shocking is Crumb, who's dead. He's done. Mm. 
know, we've sort of got a parallel here of the um, canon before, because um, rather than Harry suddenly arriving back with Cedric's body, it's mm-hmm. Cedric suddenly arriving right. back with Vicky. Right. So. Yeah. And Scrimshaw knows that he's not very good at first aid, so he just kind of gets out of their way, which I thought was pretty cool, because, you know, he's yeah. a grown-up, and usually the grown-ups mm-hmm. just have to interfere anyhow. Yeah. But the funny thing is, he goes over Patty Patel and slaps her, or Parvati, or Patty, or whatever. Across the face. I mean, in so many ways, you're like, that is a cliche. It really does not happen. And it doesn't always, it doesn't help. <coughs> no, sometimes it just pushes you off. Yeah, I know. It's, it's surprising <laughs> to me that she doesn't just deck him. I would have decked him. Yeah. Well, she's just shocked that he's coming to the room and come over and slapped her. So, you know. Yeah. She's not responding right away. And I, I love Ron. Ron kind of catches Hermione's eye and is like, she's your roommate. You need to deal with her. Make her feel better. You know. So non-Ronish. Yeah. Get her out of the room until Victor's scene two and she calms down a bit. And so mm-hmm. that's what Hermione does. And McGonagall and Pomfrey show up and Pomfrey goes after Cedric, who's been uh, sliced pretty badly. Like- and dice. Mm-hmm. I think they got attacked by zombies. That's why. That's what. <laughs> this is totally straight out of uh, the. Well, before I spoil this, Scott, did you have you watched all the acquisitions or listened to all the acquisitions incorporated? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So this is right out of the the one where Will Wheaton goes into the acid pool. And the acid pool. The acid pool. Yeah, because it's in Dungeons and Dragons, and he ends up in acid. But the the other ones are upstairs trying to get this cloak, and they reach into the closet. One of them reaches into the closet to get the cloak, and all these knives come out of the walls of the closet and slice him. And that's exactly what I thought of when I read this scene. Raiders of the Lost Ark kind of thing. Yep. Yeah, it's very Raiders of the Lost Ark. The hidden tomb with all the pit traps and spikes and flying axes and things. So they uh, they have magic managed to come back with a Horcrux. It's clutched tightly in Victor's hand. Mm-hmm. The first thing that uh, McGonagall thinks is if they have come back with injuries, they must have uh, not managed to get it. Right. They did. They did. They did. Because they're freaking awesome. They're totally mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And they discover it is the Amulet of the Line, which is invented for this story, but it's kind of neat. Yep. And it explains how the Ravenclaw and Gryffindor families apparently merged at some point. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we may have read in an earlier chapter the theory about them possibly getting married or how it might have worked. and um, Or maybe it just comes up now. But um, yeah. they discover that really uh, Gryffindor and Ravenclaw didn't get married. He adopted her right. as a sister. So. Yeah, really. Okay, and did anybody go, ew? No. When they first I they, did. they weren't married. They got it. He adopted her, so it was platonic. I know. But I was like, oh my god, no! <laughs> so, I was just like, please don't go there. Yeah, don't go there. We don't want to be there. 
So we have Pomfrey working frantically over Cedric, but she knows she's going to be able to save him. The, uh, mm-hmm. It's really it's a lot like the you know medical drama scene. Like, Get me three cc's of whatever stat, mm-hmm. except she's doing potions right. instead, and uh, there's no beeping in the background because you know they don't do that. <laughs> I, I love this though. Get the skeleton girl here now. Pour directly under the wound. It'll metabolize faster. Muscle knitters now. <laughs> You're like, okay, muscle knitters. I don't think, you know, I see the little sweater being knitted, muscles being knitted back together. It's kind of a scary thing. Not that kind of knitting. All right. It's what your muscles do when they heal. Yeah. Knit themselves back together. I don't know why it's got that particular expression, but it exists. I just saw Molly, like, knitting me to come in and go, so Cho's ecstatic because Cedric's going to be okay, and Scrimjar says, "Okay, we need to go back and take care of these Horcruxes." And it ends up just being Cho and Harry, Ron, and Hermione. Okay, going through this part, mm-hmm. I was so lost because I didn't know where the hell they got this whole thing. Because it was just, I did. It just seemed like it was just like put in there. There was no explanation of how they found this spell and how to do it. Well, but they used it. They've used it before. Okay, maybe I because I kind of missed up a lot of things. I was just a little lost at the time because uh-huh. mm-hmm. I was like, "We're slightly like... more awkward this week because we missed so many things. We don't remember all the stuff that happened before in the story." Right. So you're like, "Oh yeah, Grimshaw's the defense professor yeah. now." Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Although I have to, uh, I was slightly amused. You can kind of tell that um, they stuck this incantation into a translator somewhere, and it just didn't translate the of, because I'm pretty sure there's some different way that you would actually put that in there if you were using real Latin. Mm-hmm. So it's got all these Latin words, and then occasionally there's, a, occasionally there's an of or an is, because the translator didn't know what to do with those. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know. Hey, they tried. Well, what are you going to do? Yeah. Go learn Latin, just to write the fic. I tried tried Latin. I did not succeed at it. Okay. At all. It's better than I do, probably. When I'm making up spells, I go and look up Latin root words and then just smush them together in some odd way that sounds cool. (laughs) That works, too. So they they do the incantation and the horcruxes go away. And it's quite a bit more dramatic than the locket was, but that's because they did two at once. And Scrimshaw says, well, we'll let the minister know that we've accomplished our mission, and I'll take the cup back to the museum so that it's really there. Mm-hmm. The advantage of using this spell that they worked out is that they can kind of separate the Horcrux part and destroy that without melting the historical artifacts. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And this amulet that they have now lets them know about the... Because we talked about this a minute ago. Yeah, the, this is where they actually find out. Uh, McGonagall's been looking at the amulet and reading the markings and uh, figuring out how um, Gryffindor and Ravenclaw House merged. And when that happened, they changed their name. And Ron's like, yeah, it's, uh, it's going to be the Potter, right? 
And she says, no, Weasley. <laughs> He's like, what? That was fun. It I, is I fun. I enjoyed that. Just, just for the um, not following the cliche. <laughs> I enjoy several stories in which Harry is in an era of something or other that fun to read about, and some of them are even done fairly well as far as the logic goes, but it's just neat to have it be someone else for a change. <laughs> yeah. And then we have Cedric waking up, and they say, you're okay, um, and we've destroyed the Horcrux, so don't worry about it. The last thing we have to do is destroy Nagini, and then Voldemort himself. And of course, Pomfrey comes over and shoes everybody out except for Cho, and... They go back to Privet Drive, the rest of the Order of the Golden Light, where Dobby and Winky have completely cleaned up all the blood and broken furniture or whatever. They got shoved out of the way when all of this happened. And Mm -hmm. Hermione says, well, I guess this means we're going back to Hogwarts after all. And for some reason, Harry thinks that's funny. And he knows it shouldn't be funny, but it's just funny. And he starts to giggle. And, and then, then so the girls start giggling. And, mm-hmm. yeah, and Pravati's like, oh laughing. no, I shouldn't be laughing, my boyfriend just died. But, yeah, and it's very cathartic. And <laughs> I'm so exhausted. I just went through the, one of the most stressful things in my life. Everything's mm-hmm. going to be funny. Yep. This is like staying up till 6 in the morning. Absolutely everything anyone says to you is hilarious. Right. <laughs> yep. And that's it, exactly. <laughs> So, and then the next morning we have the <clears throat> Daily Prophet special edition saying the heir of Gryffindor is found, and underneath that is a nice picture of Arthur Weasley. Ta-da! Weasley is our king. Weasley is our king. And um, the author has an interesting comment on that whole thing at the end of the chapter. He mostly did it because he just decided it'd be neat to have it be someone other than Harry. He's never read one where it's gone. But he also comments that in some ways it actually takes away from Harry a little bit to have him be the heir of Merlin or whoever because it's sort of like he's as good as he is because it's hereditary rather than just he's a really amazing guy. Right. And that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And chapter 51 is Lion of Gryffindor. You're beeping. Krishna is uh, yeah. backing up the semi. <laughs> Actually, I'm in my car. <laughs> You're in yeah. your car? Shame on you. Where are you going? <laughs> I'm, I'm going to Christians right now, and you're on speakerphone. <laughs> okay. As long as you're, you know, driving safely, that's cool. I am driving safely. All right. I don't know. Are, are we as distracting as a regular cell phone? <laughs> <laughs> this could be very bad. Distracted driving. No crashing. Don't run into any gas stations. <laughs> no, no, no. I have a full tank of gas. Okay. So, right. the gas station. We only have three chapters left anyway. So. Yep, we're going fast. So we have Lion of Gryffindor, and uh, I love this little reveal for for Percy. Because Fudge is there, and he's laughing to himself that the Weasleys are the heirs of Gryffindor. And Percy comes in, and we lost Trisha again. (laughs) Percy comes in, and he has the, I want to say polyjuice potion. That's not the right word. Uh, Wolf's Bane potion. And Mm -hmm. Fudge is like, so, 
should I call you Gryffindor? And, and Percy's like, what are you talking about? Why would my Hogwarts house have anything? And he's like, uh, have you seen today's prophet? No. Well, let me be the first to congratulate you. You are the heir of Gryffindor. <laughs> He's like, whoa. And he faints. And Percy faints. Yeah. Oh, dear. Faints dead yes. Penelope has snagged one of the most eligible bachelors in Europe. <laughs> Not the usual way of thinking of Percy. Nope. And then we have a, a Z cut to um, Ginny tackling Harry Potter to the ground. Yes. Well, yes. it doesn't actually say he falls over, but apparently it's a, an American linebacker would be proud of her tackle. <laughs> yeah. Hedwig's jealous, but they can't figure out if she's jealous because of uh, Ginny kissing Harry or Harry kissing Ginny. But, you know, that's a weird triangle that I don't want to even get into. <laughs> and apparently Ginny has become a huge fan of Hercules' Lester journey. Yes. Which is, wow, I'm not even sure. I guess it would make sense for them to have them in England. I don't know, because, um, I mean, it's mostly an American show, I think. Mm -hmm. I know Zena's actress is Australian, so maybe they're international, but uh, she makes an effort to uh, uh, be blend things into the time it should actually be, because uh, Harry's had to pull strings and get this, uh, VHS set for her because they don't, they haven't been released yet. Uh, right. So yeah, he's got her, he's got her the box set and she's uh, just took... uh, late nineties sometime. I don't know. Yeah, it's pretty funny. Yeah. And she not the sort of thing you would think of in a um, Harry Potter fix usually, but no. there you go. But you know, whatever. Oh, why not? We find out that the Weasleys are now richer than almost Harry because. There was a stipend that's just been sitting there collecting interest for all these years when nobody... Knew. Okay. You're back. <laughs> I'm back. You said, call me back. There's no quality. All right, I'm you, back. You said, call me back, and I'm, I'm trying to hang up on you so I can call you back, and it wouldn't let me, and I was typing to you. I can't when it finally disconnected, so I just deleted what I was typing yeah. and called you. <laughs> okay, well, that's fine. We're good. Yep. And Ron is just tickled. He can't wait to see Malfoy's face when he finds out that he is the heir of Gryffindor. Uh, one of the heirs of Gryffindor. Sion. Except that he's apparently been it's, talking it's this way. What the twins did on. Yes. He's been going on about this a little too much for the twins, so they have hexed him with a, a linked Engorgio charm, which makes his head blow up every time his ego gets too big. Yeah. <laughs> I can just you know what? see that. I wish this could happen in real life. I know. <laughs> need it. Yeah, everybody needs one every once in a while. I know. And then when when he gets his ego deflated, his head shrinks even smaller than usual. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. So. It's it's kind of it's kind of funny. Mm -hmm. I'm just picturing somebody. They probably will put that in candy or something now, and then we'll have people walking around Hogwarts not being able to fit indoors and stuff. <laughs> yeah. I just see, like, his head turning into a balloon kind of thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Get quicker and then, yeah. I have this cartoonish look in my head. It's pretty funny. Right. And it finally wears Happens off. Someone comes up with a pin. <laughs> mm -hmm. oh. mm. 
And he, you know, he says something uh, nice. Oh, uh, Harry and Ginny are snogging, and, and Hermione's like, I'm surprised you're not saying anything about this. And he says, well, I know they're going to do it anyhow. And she's like, why, Ron? You no longer have the emotional range of a teaspoon. And he's like, I could have told you that. And she said, yeah, I think you're up to all tablespoon. <laughs> That's kind of cute. Yeah. And, and Ron's head. And then the spell wears off. Yeah. Thankfully. In time for him to sh- get get to Hogwarts. But he's a little busy when they get to Hogwarts. And uh, so he and Hermione get that appreciative applause once they're finished. <laughs> yep. We have a new DADA teacher named James Danner. And that's he's skinny. Not, yep, he's skinny. Yeah. He's a skinny guy, but he's got muscles, and uh, you yeah. may happen to be and able to his, see his left forearm, so he's not a Debbie here. Yeah. 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 That's another quinky ding bit that he had his um, shirt rolled up so no, everybody could see his forearm. <laughs> I thought that too. I'm like, hmm, let's make sure he's not a Death Eater. It's now a requirement for a defense uh, position rogue to yep. have no left sleeve. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So Hermione asks Ron to escort the prefix and the first years up to the common room because she and Harry have to go and meet with McGonagall to figure out the uh, rotation schedule for guard duty. Oh, excuse me. For, uh, They're the head boy and head Patrol. Girl. Yeah, patrols. And so they get up there and they get their charges all in bed. And Ginny, I thought this was kind of an interesting way to say this. Ginny, I have to find it. Um, she's like halfway up the stairs to the girls' dormitory, and she's like sitting on the stairs, which I thought was kind of weird. Ah, I sat on the stairs a lot. Curled up on the steps to the Gryffindor's girls' side. Yeah, I mean, if you're in, if you have all these wonderful couches and chairs and things in your common room, you're gonna go and curl up on the stairs. I don't know. It just seems I don't know. to me. It's a weird teenager thing. Okay. That's what I'm going to go for. Okay. I'll go for that. So they're having... Maybe, she, maybe this stuff is really cool, and she wants, she wants her butt to be cool. Okay. That works for me. Okay. Good. That's, that, sounds, that sounds good. So they're kind of talking, Ron's talking about, you know, the war's almost over, and all of a sudden, this huge orange and black shape appears in between them, and it's this great big... I, I wondered about the typo on this because it says as the, claw, the clothes slipped, and I'm like, claws? Okay, claws. And it really doesn't have an A in it, so that's pretty funny. So this great big tiger has shown up. It's got a thick dragon hide collar on it, all these different gems around its neck, and its green eyes lock on Jenny, and it's going to get her. And Ron yells, I heard that song, I thought this. For some reason, because it said green eyes, I'm thinking, it's Harry. Harry's going to learn how to be an animagus, and he's testing Ron and Denny, or something like that, because he's going to pounce on Denny because he's like a tiger in bed or something like that, and liquor to death. Uh-huh. That's the first, that was my first reaction. Not so much. Mm-hmm. No, I was completely wrong. You were completely yeah. wrong. Ron yells, stupefy, and it, it bounces right off the cat. It's like warded. Mm-hmm. Oh, dragon hide. Yeah, not because he said it wrong. No. 
So Ron does the next best thing, and he catches a tiger by the tail. Well, not really. He catches a tiger. He jumps on it. He wraps his arm around his neck and tries to strangle it. Yeah. Catch a tiger by itself. If the others let him go. Eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Good job. Good job, Scott. Make yeah. me think of that. You're welcome. So, yeah. he's, you know, the tiger is rolling on him and scratching him with his hind legs and, and sure spraying his ribs. And, yeah. He's, yeah. He's not having a good time here. It, you know, they're big animals, so if you, even though Ron's kind of a big kid, he's not gonna, he's not gonna get very far in hand to hand combat with a tiger. It's four or five times his no. size. Well, all I'm thinking is like UFC fighting because he's like wrapped around it, legs and arms, just trying to squish it to death. Yeah, he's trying to strike it. I don't know what, yeah. Well, he's trying to get, like, he has his arms around it too. Like, it's, yeah. What did you say, Scott? Somebody should tell him, Ron, you are not Dudley. You cannot squish things. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, this Dudley probably can't watch either. He's weakening. He's not doing well. He's getting ready to pass out. And the only thing he has in front of him is the collar. And sort of by blind instinct, he unbuckles the collar. And next thing you know... Well, everybody comes in. Everybody comes in and is trying to help him, but the spell's not... not they're like, the spells are not working. The spells are not working, like you said. Yeah. And then yeah. he takes uh, the collar off. And the professor has an idea of, well, let's hit it with something physical. So he levitates the big footstool and tries to shoot that over at it, but the levitation spell dies as soon as it gets close to the tiger, so that doesn't work. Nobody thinks you about actually picking something up and throwing it. Why don't you pick it up yourself? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. But, but I think it probably would have once... been protected by that anyhow. I don't know. It's a, it's almost yeah. like the cat's, the cat's got this shield around it. So mm -hmm. even if you And Ron is it, kind of thinking maybe this is tied to the collar or that's what he's gambling on anyway. Mm -hmm. And so he takes the collar off and like not only does the shield drop, the tiger shrinks into a tiny baby tiger. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and Ron's like, Well that's a surprise and then he keels over and passes out. Yeah. So And chapter fifty two is called Fluffball. Oh, because it's got a tiger cub in it. Yep. So, I love this. Disclaimer, as opposed to a claimer. So yeah. Harry and Ginny and Hermione are all huddled around Ron's bed, and he's been given dreamless sleep, and he sleeps quietly. He doesn't snore when he's on the dreamless sleep potion, which I think is interesting. Hmm. And uh, So they've worked out what all of these enchantments were. The collar was a port key to get it into the common room. Mm -hmm. The buckle was enchanted to ward off the spells, and the studs, the sort of gems on the collar, were to age it and make it mad. Mm -hmm. Poor thing. And so they're, they're in there kind of talking and figuring this all out, and you hear Pomfrey and Hagrid coming down the hall, and Hagrid's like, but he's bonded, it's bonded to him. And Pumphrey's like, That's, you're not bringing that cat in here. And he's like, but he got him. And the little kitten's just crying and mewling. <laughs> and everything. And, you know, Hagrid's mm -hmm. like, no, you don't understand. It's it's bonded to him. It's it's a good thing. Yeah. It's like ducks. It's the first thing this little cub saw, apparently. Mm -hmm. So Hagrid sort of ignores Madame Pumphrey's 
warnings and brings it in and lays it on Ron's pillow and it quiets down. Right. Immediately. He's like, Daddy! <laughs> yeah. And she's like, oh, well, okay, we'll leave it there now, but I will be having words with McGonagall about this. Because <laughs> it's cute and cuddly. Mm-hmm. And so we ship on to breakfast. I guess it is breakfast time. The rest of them leave the hospital wing and mm-hmm. head over to breakfast. And they're having all the rumors about what happened. Right. It's like, oh no, it was just scratched by Crookshanks, and it was Nundu, I swear, he ripped his head off with his bare hand. <laughs> yeah. And the, then here comes yeah. the Daily Prophet. They've already got the story and a photo. And, you know, we find out that last night, seventh year Hubbard student and descendant of Godric Gryffindor, Ronald Weasley, boldly risked his life to protect his friends and family, as the photograph above clearly shows. And apparently one of the Creevy brothers has been playing around with the cameras again. Yep. Dennis this time. Yep. And Ginny wants to know if she should hex him or if Harry should hex him. And Harry says, mm, maybe we should let Ron hex him. <laughs> That's a good Hello. Hello again. Okay. Did I'm you, on Wi-Fi now. Did you make it to Christian's? Yeah, I'm making it to Christian's. I'm coming up, up the stairs anyhow. So I, I'm on his Wi-Fi. Nice. What is that? Oh, we have a black-headed grosbeak. I looked out my window and there was this very bright birds hopping around on my trees. So I had to figure out what it was. So the the prophet has the story, Trisha, about the cat fight okay. with Ron. And he wants a he wants a freebie. And Ginny wants to. Ginny's getting all excited about maybe she can name the tiger, and Hermione says, "Well, I don't know if Ron should actually keep the tiger because you know it's going to be a huge tiger, and, uh, and uh, they're dangerous, and more tigers become man-eaters than any other cat." And uh, Harry says, "Ah, oh, yes, but when they're hand-reared, they're really loyal." He's done his research, and um, he figures, you know, in a year it's about the same as having a cat. Well, that's, that's on the approved list. Yeah. <laughs> and Randy says, mm, in eight months, he's going to be the size of Jimmy. <laughs> so, that's exactly yeah. it, too. It's going to be huge. But that's all right. And they're upset because this poor cub was used as someone's vendetta. And they figured out it wasn't Voldemort that said it. It's somebody that has a grudge against the Weasleys. Well, who doesn't have a grudge against the Weasleys? Right. And it, and Everybody wants to be Weasley. Yeah, especially now that they're apparently the heirs of Gryffindor and have a whole bunch of money. Right. So. And they're wondering if um, maybe it it would work well for Ron to do the familiar bond like Harry's done with Hedwig, and then they wouldn't have to worry about the tiger going feral or anything. And uh, Ginny wants to know if since Ron's hair is orange already, if he uh, bonds with the tigers, you think he'll get black stripes? Like Harry, because Harry's got a little white on the temples, so. Because I had to win, yeah. They think that's pretty funny. And then we have poor Minerva, who's exhausted and tired, and Remus comes in and says, the results, the report's in, they found out who it was, it was a pure blood who just had a grudge. And apparently, um, one of the Gryffindor line gifts is called the Heart of the Beast, so he has a certain affinity with beasts. And uh, Richard the Lionhearted was a squib cousin. Of course he was. Which is kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it turns out that 
Gryffindor is an old enough line that they've got some odd enchantments on them, and um, the property and such would usually go to the eldest, but some of the other things that go with being the heir um, don't just go that way, and they go to whoever is judged worthiest, the most brave of the available um, descendants. And so Ron has now become the current heir of Gryffindor. Right, because he right. is the one that has the most courage of the Weasley clan. Yeah, and done the most stupidest stuff. Right. Charlie's not real happy about it. No, but he decides it's all right. Yeah. Um, I can just imagine that conversation. I work with dragons every day. Does that not count? <laughs> you go, look at my burn mark. But it's, you know, <laughs> it's not stupidness. It's bravery, and there's a difference. And it's kind of like how a hat figures out whether or not you need you belong in Gryffindor, even if you don't think that you're brave and courageous like Neville was. So mm-hmm. it's not, it keeps you from doing full foolhardy things. Right. Yeah. And yeah, you won't just win the title by going out and doing the biggest thing that you can think of. Mm-hmm. It's just, it has to be right. who you really are. And then we shift scenes to Molly and Tonks getting ready for the wedding. And then um, Tonks is trying to work out what to do about the bridesmaid dresses. Because, you know, if it was her, she can just shift color More and match. Right. Yeah. Work to whatever you can to make it look good. Mm-hmm. We need Best bridesmaid ever. Well, she really is. Mm-hmm. And but, so uh, Molly has, they've, so far they've decided on a champagne color, and Molly reassures her that, you know, most people will be fine in that. Mm-hmm. It'll be okay. Yeah. Uh, it looks good on, it's like periwinkle. Everybody looks good in periwinkle. I'll take your word for that. I don't know, that's what I've heard one time. <laughs> And Fred and George show up, and they're kind of grumbly about Ron being the heir. heir, but it's okay. And no, it's, it's mostly Charlie, they think it is. It's, um, Molly makes a little bit of a joke, and uh, Tonks says the phrase, tension breaker. And the twins, uh, did someone say tension breaker? <laughs> yeah. Here they come, the, the tension breakers. And I mm-hmm. love that uh, Fred calls Nymphadora Nymphipoo. And Chores says, okay, that's why we didn't get it, because that was just stupid, and I'm going to go hide on the other side of Mom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's the prank. It's not the stupidest. Nor- yeah. Dora starts chasing him around, and this voice goes, what, dude? From the bed. They've woken up Ron. Yep. Mm-hmm. Maybe just see Molly going, just glaring at them. Uh-huh. Oh, they're being sheepish, sort of. Yeah, and he wakes up and admits that he is a bit hungry because, you know, he's Ron, and and he's been asleep for however long. Yeah. And, uh, um, why is there a tiger cub with my pillow? (laughs) Oops. Hmm. Because he... We get to go to Voldy Shorts. Voldy Shorts, Voldy Shorts, Voldy Shorts. shorts. (laughs) And we're having kind of a, what's Ryan call this, the TPA reports? We're finding out, you know, there's only yeah. four people left of the inner circle. Doing the roll call. <laughs> okay, uh, let's see. These people, no, they're, okay, they're dead. Um, uh, they're in prison, and uh, he is dead, and he was a traitor. Oh, dear. <laughs> yeah. So we've got Bella, Electo, Avery, and Not the Elder. Not. Elder Not. Elder Not. I like that. Elder Not. 
Elbendor. Like, is that like Elbendor? I think so. I don't know. It kind of sounds like an astronaut. <laughs> well, could be. And, you know, but. basically he wants to know where he stands. And, oh, we've mm-hmm. got three times what we had five months ago. People are flocking to us. And we've this got... is like a big board meeting. Yeah, it's exactly it. Yeah. Okay, we've got the Dementors, and a couple of different clans of giants, and ten groups of vampires, and uh, the werewolves are growing a little bit, not too fast, you know. Yeah, Yeah, because of the stupid thing, he's not the Ministry of Magic, and giving them rights, blah, blah, blah. And Mm -hmm. what about what's going on in the Ministry, and well, because of Umbridge... Our numbers are increasing, and the ores are getting killed and running away. So we're doing good with that. So, mm-hmm. and Bellatrix apparently has an assignment as well, a mysterious assignment that's yes. three days ahead of schedule. Voldemort tells I can't my favorite. Yes, and then he says, "But wait, a circle shouldn't have a favorite." Crucio. And she crushes, he crushes, and then he hasn't crushed him off yet. No, and she's kind of enjoying it because she does. Of course, she's still a trick. Yep. She's freaky. Yep. She is freaky. And we move on, we on to chapter 53. Battle ready. And all these terrible things are going on in Great Britain. It's the darkest day since World War Two, And Fudge decides that, doggone it, he is going to step up. And he yes. gets mm-hmm. atrium in front of everybody, and he says, "We Oops, are." Oops, going... I got the speech thing wrong. <laughs> what speech thing? I put the speech in last chapter, not this chapter. Sorry. Oh, that's all right. Ignore, ignore, ignore the person in the corner. That's all right. So he basically says, "We're going to repeal the werewolf act. Werewolves are going to be able to get jobs, and we're going to stop saying that." Elves and goblins can't have wands because they have their own magic, and why are we taking, you know, why are we doing this? They don't use wands anyway, so there's no point. Yeah. No point. And, you know, in case you think it's we're doing this just because I'm a werewolf, I didn't know about this until three days ago when Madame Bones brought me this from the Wiz to sign. So there. Yep. There might even be a true cure to like have to be within the next 10 years or so. Mm-hmm. And then we jump to Voldemort, who says, the armies are ready. Everything's ready, my lord. And Bellatrix says, what I'm supposed to be doing is ready. And they're like, okay, tonight we're going to party. Mm-hmm. And yeah. then... They have lost several of the werewolves because of what Pudge just did, but yeah. they don't really care about the werewolves. So, yeah. <laughs> they're subhuman anyhow. They are. Mm-hmm. And we've got the and then kids. we go back to Hogwarts. Mm-hmm. The storm is approaching from Hogwarts, and uh, their their order is mostly been keeping things calm. They go around places in groups, but otherwise they just sort of carry on as normal. And, but then one day when they're going to defense class, the room is completely empty except for the teacher's desk, and there's a weird orb thing. Orb standing on it. And Harry says, I don't think we should go in. Uh, Hermione, go get McGonagall. Hervati, go check his office, but don't go in. Just look and see what's, on, what's happened in there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And apparently his office is all torn up. There's files everywhere. And he says, okay, that's also a bad sign. It's not just some test or something. Uh, everybody get your wands out and pair up with everyone. And then when McGonagall gets there, he explains that they haven't gone in because of these things. And she recognizes... I know. <laughs> Bonnie woke up. Can you tell? Oh, yeah. I was like, at first I'm like, why is she smacking? <laughs> no, it's because Mom came in and started spraying uh, skin so soft on herself because I think she's going back out and the mosquitoes are bad. And Bonnie's like, I don't think I like that smell or that sound. So Bonnie woke up and she felt mm. shook. So, yeah. yeah. So the orb of... And it turns out this orb... Yeah. Is a soul. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Consumes I mean, the body. Go ahead, Spence. Say it again. It consumes the body of its victim, which is you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, only those with the Horcrux or the original master are immune. Scary. What were you going to say, Tricia? And this is, again, this is, I feel bad, but I mean, this is going to kind of irritate me. I'm like, she describes this dark art teacher. And again, I mean, you put in this much description, and you, and the thing is, I'm thinking, he's developing a character, and it's like, then all of a sudden, he, he, he is the Star Trek guy in the red shirt. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Kind of thing. He was there to get killed. Yep. Yeah, that's all he was there and for. To throw still trying to think of what Pavardi's uncle was doing, but I don't know. Right. Yeah, there are a couple of things. It's just, come, too many, it's late, lately, I mean, I'm just reading them like it's too many of those and so we McGonagall knows how to at least release the soul so that he can move on and he won't be trapped forever, but his his body will be dead. There's nothing they can do about that. So they do that. And when that happens, a third-year-old, a third-year-old, a third-year Ravenclaw says something like, it's begun, or something, and then blows Now, my lord. Now, my lord. And then blows his head off, his own head off. Yeah, which I just didn't understand. What the hell? I don't know. Maybe was he possessed, or he was I thought maybe he. Yeah. He's uh, the, he is the um, the spy inside Hogwarts. I get the idea that uh, Voldemort could somehow see what was going on with him or something, so that him, like his his eye was a camera or whatever. Mm-hmm. So blowing that out is the signal to um, uh, start the attack. Right. Ah. Uh. I thought maybe the kid would have, like, oh, I can't take this anymore, and just kind of blew himself up there. Yeah. Kind of thing. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm like, this is, I, I mean, to me, I'm like, oh, my God, that's horrible. Mm-hmm. I'm like, huh. Yeah. It is. It's very odd. Yeah. I mean, okay. But now, I mean, I just didn't, I, for me, I just didn't know how that made sense. Yeah. Yeah. In the story. It's, I was it's a little like, odd. Oh, it sort of comes out of nowhere, but um, there it is. There's a lot of things that, that comes out of nowhere. I'm like, where the hell? <laughs> Harry sends so, Hedwig on. McGonagall has, um, has an announcement. She mm-hmm. says, everybody, okay, go to the common rooms unless you're a member of the order. Um, if you are, report to the head girl and head boy. Um, go to whichever common room is closest to you. It doesn't matter if it's yours or not. Uh, safety is more important than secrecy at this point. Right. Which I thought was a neat, uh, a neat touch. And Harry says, hey, wait, you know, we need to get everybody here. You need to let the house elves go, too. Or, you know, let the house elves come and help, too. And so, McGonagall says that she gives permission 
for any and all of the house elves with ties to Hogwarts to, if they wish, join the Defenders. And they're expecting about 200 house elves, and they have... Um, Nearly a thousand. Yeah. yeah. Some of them are feral. Um. What? I said, what are you doing right now? You, you have great noises coming from you. Which one? Yeah, well, it, it, you always, all season you've sounded like running water, and you still sound like running water. I don't know what it is, because you're on your phone, not your Skype, so you shouldn't sound like running water. But it got really, really loud. Oh, I put you on speaker. Okay. I do have an air conditioning on, and AC on, and it is running. Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I can hear myself echoing now, too. I'll stop talking. It's all right. <laughs> uh, yeah, apparently some of the house elves are feral. I'm not entirely sure what a uh, feral house elf would look like, but uh, there you go. And one of them is... Uh, Sort of the, the spokesperson is almost the embodiment of Hogwarts mm -hmm. because she's the wording that she used was vague enough that they could uh, stick some extra things in there. Right. And they are going to take care of the creatures. You know, they so are. Which can fight the deputies. And since the house elves are going to do this, then the goblins of Gringotts can't be outshone so they've appeared as well and are going to fight too even though they've said they've declared themselves to be neutral they are no longer neutral mm -hmm. all the little people have come to fight yes you know some lame is little people thing yeah i remember how it goes down my favorite it's one of my sorry favorites. angry man yeah no the little um yeah, can you hear the people? When, I don't think there's anything no, no, about no, no, little, no, people. The little people. When when little people fight, we look like easy picky that this fight. You never kick the dog when just a pup because when that pup is up, or you know, that's that's the song. I can't remember. Okay, I'll go. it's I'll not go. one of the songs that I know from that. I've never actually seen it. So, oh, uh, it's my it's my favorite opera, and for some reason it's just going out of my head. It's because you're a short person. Yes, I am a short person. Let me alone. So am I. It's, there's nothing wrong with it. Yeah, when you run with when you run with two people that are over six, I mean, five foot six, they're both like, I think they're both close to five. If they're not five nine, they're damn close to it. I, I get the short jokes. I bet you do. I do. Bastards. <laughs> so we're having quite the battle, and the and. No matter how many Death Eaters they take down, there always seems to be more. And they know that probably most of them are under the Imperials, but they can't do anything about that at this point. So they just sort of have to take them out when they can. And then um, they're kind of waiting for nightfall because it's going to be a full moon. Right. And uh, eventually, Rufus, who's been fighting next to Harry, says, okay, I'm going to have to head off somewhere else so I can change and not get shot by her own side and, yeah. and then all the werewolves start to come in and then Fenrir Greyback gets attacked by the tiger. Yes, whose name is Flea. <laughs> she's, because she's big, she's, like Hermione said, she's Ginny size. Now, 
What threw me out somewhere right in this area is that it's only November. And I don't think the cat would be that big. That I don't big. think so. It's magically enhanced. Okay. Hagrid is eating Hagrid, it is. Hagrid's feeding it. Hagrid's feeding it. The same thing yeah. if he fed his pumpkins? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That works for me. I'm good. It's kind of slug repellent stuff. Ooh. Nice. So, Greyback backhands the tiger, and Ron gets really mad, so he sends this terrible uh, spell at, at him, and it's basically just liquid silver, and it wraps him into this solid silver cocoon. <laughs> That'll kill him. Mm-hmm. It does say there, actually, that um, the red and black blur flies into the much larger werewolf. I guess the tiger isn't all that huge. If it was, at one point it says that she's about full the size of Jenny. Jenny's not that big. Okay. Yeah, but... Still, I don't think it would get that big that Still, fast yeah. either. You're right. I mean, what, I mean, if she's short, she's probably just five foot. Yeah. Still, but that's, that's pretty big. You know, if the cat shows up in September, this is only three months later, it's not going to be that huge. Hmm. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking of it more it be... like, uh, the, like um, not that it was as tall at the shoulder as Ginny, but it was actually like her size. Yeah, as long so, as her like, kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. If it got it's up small. on the hind leg, it, it would it would be eye to eye. If it got up on the hind legs, yeah. right? Kind of thing. So yeah. like a sort of medium sized dog size or large dog maybe. Yeah, so. smaller than my Rottweiler yeah. mix. Mm-hmm. So. But anyhow, Voldemort applauds Ron for taking out Greyback and says, now I'm going to kill you. And Harry kind of comes up next to him and says, well, you know, it's you and I that have to do this. I was stuck at Mrs. Weasley and goes, over my dead body, bitch. <laughs> and Harry reductos, and Voldemort thinks, well, that's not a very good spell, and realizes that Harry has killed Nagini. Yeah. And Harry's like, okay, like the, it's a fair fight now. I was really expecting the cat like those, to um, take it to take over in the game. Okay, Trisha, go. No, you're okay. I was expecting the cat um, to eat Nagini, tell you the truth. Mm. That would have been fun. I'd... Like some giant mongoose. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and it would take it and bite its head, like would bite bite it and kill it, and like bite its head, like pretty much like would bite its head off, and then. Kind of like go, oh my god, that taste is spit it out. Mm-hmm. Kind of thing. That's yes. I was going to say, um, it reminds me of, I can't think of a specific one at the moment, but I, there's several um, older movies where the hero will have like a bow and arrow or a throwing dagger or something and shoot someone and they'll be like, ah, oh, you missed. It's like, did I really? And realize they were trying to hit something behind them mm-hmm. and it falls off, or falls over on their head or whatever. And, uh, yeah. Or throwing the boomerang and missing and then hitting them in the back of the head. And, you know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, um, Harry shoots Nagini instead of Voldemort. And then he's like, so, now it's a fair fight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then the next chapter, the last chapter, is the end of it all. And Voldemort's like, oh, well, you knew about my Horcrux, but there's more, basically. And Harry's like, yeah, you're not listening. I've got them all. And he starts kind of listing them off, and, and Voldemort's like, hmm, this is not good. 
the whole said, entire time I'm thinking they they both monologue this whole entire time. They're both monologuing to each other. I'm like, oh, shut up and just kill each other. Oh well, they took lessons from Ryan, so yeah, that's true. Ryan, yeah. yeah. thanks, Ryan. You're reminding me of the uh, Incredibles now. <laughs> yeah, they just won't stop monologuing. <laughs> <laughs> I remember that. Yeah. <sighs> so they they duel back and forth, and it's they're they're fairly evenly matched. And Voldemort loses his wand and pulls... Getting more worried yeah. as it goes on. Pulls it's, out a dagger. He's like, oh, well, so what? You've got all my horcruxes. You can't defeat me anyway. I'm amazing. And Ron's uh, like, well, you know, if that was the case, the prophecy would have just said, and the Dark Lord will kill a schoolboy instead of... Neither <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> yeah. yeah. Voldemort ends up pulling a dagger, and Harry says, ah, resorting to mogul tricks. And Harry gets stabbed in the hand. It's not a deep cut, but it's it's making it bleed, and Voldemort basically says, it's poisoned so that it won't stop bleeding, and you're going to bleed to death. And then Harry loses his wand, and Ron throws him the sword of Gryffindor, and the battle continues. And I love that the sword soaks up the blood so it doesn't get slippery. I thought that was well done. Yeah. The sword Did you will be picture the sword getting it. turning red? No. I don't know why, but I pictured that. I don't know why. I pictured the leather uh, on the hilt going red. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. Normally, it's interesting because normally I don't picture the sword of Gryffindor with leather, but this one has leather apparently. Mm-hmm. And as they're battling, Harry keeps thinking of his friends and companions and the love of them. Because it's the love that's going to persevere. It's the thing that the Dark Lord knows not. And, and it gives him strength. Yep. And it gives him strength yep. as they go on. And there were everybody and everybody's watching and I just find it interesting that the um that the twins are going around to all all the Oh, the deskies are implanting something around their feet because everybody's in brawl watching the watching the fight. Yeah, you gotta love the twins. I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so the thing is, I'm thinking, like, oh, aren't these people missing? Well, they're sneaking yeah. around behind them. It's not like they're doing it in front of them. They're just sticking things behind. Oh boy! Them. But still, yeah. Yeah, I'm they kind of surprised Voldemort thought. didn't yell at the deskies to keep shooting people. But you know, Hello, what are you doing standing there? <laughs> Who says hello? You just got back from a fire call. <laughs> oh. Yeah. Glad he's back safe. Yeah, he's, he, he looks really dirty and smelly, so he needs a shower. <laughs> okay, well, we'll finish this off, and then, well, he takes a shower, and then you guys can visit. Yeah, I'm going to sleep, so. <laughs> <laughs> or sleep. Whatever. Sleep. Sleep. Okay. So he's, yeah, he's fighting him, and... All of a sudden, on a downstroke, he, he gets Voldemort's thigh and it knocks him to the ground. And he thinks about Sirius and he thinks about Ginny. And he's just, you know, beating Voldemort to the ground. And Voldemort's he like, begs for mercy. mercy. I beg of you, mercy. And some of the Death Eaters are like, ooh, hiss. And some of them notice that he's pulling a short wand from his calf. And he's going to attack with that yeah, says, got a hidden mm-hmm. I'll grant you mercy and kills him. Okay. Yeah. The 
I do have to say this is probably more a more spectacular way for Baltimore to die than in the book. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Bill leans over to his brothers and says, okay, get ready, everyone. The Death Eaters aren't going to go down without a fight, even though Bill Harry's got Baltimore. And uh, Fred says, Death Eaters? What Death Eaters? Nobody here but us chickens. Yeah. They press the big red button, and all of the Death Eaters <laughs> turn into chickens. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I just think that's so funny. Especially the big red button part. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. I, it's. I just have this vision of one of those old-fashioned dynamite boxes, you know, that you push down the lever. I, I, you know what? I did first think of that, but then I thought that, like, the easy button from Staples. <laughs> That's even better, yeah. The Staples button. Mm-hmm. That was easy. So we switch scenes, yeah. and we're, you know, Mom, Mom, I, I think he's waking up, up, and Harry's like, five more minutes. But then, One more minute, Petunia. He wakes up, and we find out that he's been unconscious for three weeks because of the blood poisoning that he got. They couldn't stop the bleeding, and he took almost all of Pomfrey's blood-replenishing potions. Apparently, they stocked up on them because, you know, Remus needed them, but there wasn't enough. So they stocked up so the boy who lived could have a bunch. Yeah, well, this is at Hogwarts as well. We have to run with the ministry. Mm-hmm. Or uh, in Mario. And he's like, I, I'm assuming we won. And they're like, yeah. The twins put the the canary creams, only instead of canaries, they're chickens. And I love this because they use the toenail shavings from the, the heads. And having chickens myself, just thinking of them in there trying to catch chickens and shave toenails off of them, that's a pretty good visual for me. I would not want to catch chickens and shave toenails. Nope, nope, nope. Mm-hmm. They probably stun them first or something. Mm-hmm. So Harry goes back and to sleep. And Professor Flitwick has worked out a neat way of um, telling Imperious Wizards apart from the uh, willing death eaters, at least while they're asleep. Um, it doesn't work if you're conscious, but if they knock them out, then they can um, figure out whether they've been installed or not. Mm-hmm. Which is cool. What they do is they knock them out and go, are you a death eater? Raise your hand. And they raise their hand if they're a duck eater. That works. <laughs> cool. And then we have an epilogue. Yep. And we find out that Neville took out Bella. Woohoo, Neville, go get her. Yay! By charming the grass to hold her feet down so she can't dodge. <laughs> works for me. Well, he was good in, in herbology. It would have worked. Yep. Mm-hmm. And we have celebrations, and we've got orders of Merlins going out, and even the goblins and house elves are getting orders of Merlin, which Very is cool. But as the Dursleys, Harry, Remus, Tonks, Hermione, and the Weasleys go to London for a big night out because they are celebrating the dual proposals of Harry to Ginny and Ron to Hermione, a wannabe Death Eater kills Uncle Vernon. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which, and then they have their funeral, mm-hmm. and it's a great contrast to the funeral at the beginning of the story. Right. Correct. Even the queen she gets his, and gets a posthumous order for Berlin, mm-hmm. and uh, Harry proclaims he's never known a better man than Vernon Dursley. Bookends! Yay! My God, long we have Vernon in the afterlife. Have it. And it's a much better afterlife than he was getting in the prologue as well. 
Yep. He gets to see everybody, including his uncle, which I thought was nice that they brought back the uncle. Mm-hmm. Uncle Mathis. Positive role model. Mm-hmm. And then Dumbledore shows up all young and dressed wildly. And really lights up purple. Brilliant colors, yes. Welcome mm-hmm. to paradise. Yeah, and Snape, Snape's the first one to greet him, which is fun. Mm-hmm. And, and then Lily and uh, his uncle, or no, James and Lily and his uncle, and Sir nearly had his neck. Yeah. And then, okay, what happened to Sirius? Well, Sirius is still uh, a ghost. He's still a ghost. I thought that He's going to be a ghost until Harry and them die. Then he'll stop being a ghost. Uh, I was all confused because I thought after he, did, I thought since he he's not quite a ghost, he's not a folder guy. But the thing is, he, he had a mission of helping Harry, and then then he died after Harry has been helped and he fulfills his mission. That's how I thought. But okay. Oh, no, I think it's so he's going to leave live till neither Remus or Harry are living anymore. So okay, so Remus company and then keep Harry company and then follow them. And they, for more than a century and a half, they look down on Harry, Ron, Hermione, and Ginny and their lies. And, you know, 70 years later, Arthur and Molly show up. And then a little bit later, uh, Remus and Tonks just a month after that. And then, you know, their lives were not perfect and not without pain. But they and the rest of the wizarding world were at And that's it. It was... I liked the story. There were, you know, I know that there were some sappy moments and things like that, and I know that uh, Kat didn't like it at all because she thought it could have gone much better than it did. But I liked seeing what could have happened had things been different for Harry. And, you know, and everybody in this story is a better person because Vernon was a better person. Fudge was a better person. Snape, you know, all... Mm-hmm. Everybody was a Even better person. Even Scrinder was a better person. Right. Mm-hmm. Except for Umbridge. Yeah, well, there's Umbridge. Not much to help Umbridge. And Goldie was, yeah. you know. Mm-hmm. Trisha, he was actually a better villain. <laughs> so, you know. That's true. Yeah. Trisha, do you watch Downton Abbey? Um, sometimes, yes. I've watched the first couple, and I keep forgetting I need to keep watching it. Do you know who Carson is? The butler? Yeah. So we just found out on the forums this week that Carson... The the per the actor who plays Carson is married to the actress that plays Umbridge. But Cornelius doesn't know won't hurt him. I'll give you a minute to wrap your mind around that. Dead silence. I love it. Did we go there again? Really? <laughs> there we go. That's what that's what I was told. We thought that was kind of an interesting combination. I can see it, though. I think they'd be good together. I think, yeah, yeah. Because, you have to realize you know, that Imelda's son doesn't they're not look the like characters. the time. Right. Yeah, and she's she's really not that character. No. But she does play it. Yeah. But if and you looked at her by the characters... Up like in, the, um, um, in the movie, she really wasn't as ugly as Book Umbridge mm-hmm. anyway. No, 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 no. It's sort of like the, it's like the you know, Hollywood ugly thing. I don't think she's even ugly, I think. I mean, but the thing is, she really portrays an ugly person. Mm-hmm. And she did yeah. it really 
well. And she comes through she very did well. Yeah. I, mean, I really just look at her. She's not ugly at all. Yeah. No. Sorry, I derailed this again. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you really derailed me there. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have final thoughts, Trisha? Yeah, I mean, it was it, it's not my favorite story. Yeah. Um, in some ways, she tried to fix it. But, I mean, I understand the premise of it, and I, I liked it. I think it probably could have stopped a lot sooner. Because I, I think, think some of that is just our, the way that we ended up covering it. Like, when you're reading it through, just reading the story, it goes a lot quicker than we have made it go. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not even that, because especially towards the end, it just got choppy where she just wanted to get the thoughts out and just be done. And there were some things that it just, it could have been more, um, it could have made it flow a little bit better. And I think at the beginning, thoughts really planned out and stuff like that. It, it, fl- it, it was a nice, easier flow. And then once you got into Hogwarts and stuff like that, it just got, it just got too choppy. And I think for me, it was just, for me, it was just hard to read. In that aspect. And, yeah, I mean, I still, yeah, don't get me wrong. I want serious. Uh, I want Dumbledore to live. I want all I want all my Weasleys to live and stuff like that. But mm-hmm. I think you just try to fix one, one too many things. And I think you started seeing that, and that's why I started awesome the people like like a Victor. and But apparently he didn't like Victor as much as he liked Mr. Um, shiny Boy there, Cedric. Cedric. So. Yeah, sparkly boy. There you go. So, but, I mean, to rectify it, especially with Sirius, but in a way, she didn't want him to always to be be last, though, either. Yeah. And things like we didn't didn't have long enough to get to know the new professor that he introduced to have any impact that he got killed. Right. Um, The red shirt. Like, he was there, and then he wasn't two chapters later. Uh, Right. And same with Patil's uncle. What was the big? What was the big deal about them going to the Riddle House? It's just. It was just like. Yeah, I, I don't think know. It was, it was to imply that he was really a Death Eater, and it never really went anywhere from there. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. I, yeah. I, it was. I, yeah. Yeah. Um, Bella's secret mission must have been um, planting the orb or something. Planting the orb with the kid. Yeah. Yeah. So we really got that rough up either. I imagine that Bella turned the Ravenclaw and he planted the orb. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Well, as I said, starting today, uh, just reading these last six chapters, I really got to enjoy the story again. Um, it's just, there are a lot of places that it could be tightened up or written out a little more where things are just sort of introduced rather than or things just show up rather than being um, explained and introduced. And I can actually see it being a little longer than it is and flowing better, or maybe lengthening some parts and shortening other parts. I don't know. I kind of get the impression that last author's note is uh, when the schedule lets up a bit, so planning on rewriting the whole thing to expand themes, correct spelling and grammar and, and such. And I get the impression that that didn't happen. Right. Um, mm. There, there are enough, you know, little things that just aren't quite right. And the when I'm reading it, I, yeah, 
when I'm reading it, I can generally skip over that and mostly ignore it. Some of the spelling mistakes are just fun. <laughs> I enjoy them. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm better at filling stuff in in my head. I guess I don't know. Uh, but it, it's sort of like you can. There's a an even better story uh, inside this one that needs to you know take off a few layers of jacket or whatever, and we'll get get to that if you if you look for it. <laughs> But yeah, I, I'm glad we covered it regardless, and I enjoyed reading through it again. It's kind of, it's too bad that so many things happened during this time to just sort of break up our coverage as we were trying to do this, because as I say, I think it would have gone better if we could have kept a steadier flow of it ourselves. Uh, right. But yeah, I had fun. I enjoyed it. And uh, it's not the best story ever, but it's a, it's a good one. And, uh, and it was different. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's it's nice to read something different and not read the same premise over and over again. I, that's kind of what I was trying to to do this time around was just to try to find some off the wall different mm-hmm. stories. So, <laughs> an interesting thing uh, when I was looking this up at work today to read the stories, I also came across one called The Better Man, which is Snape doesn't. Um, go join the Death Eaters because of being bullied by the Marauders. He abandons that life entirely and goes off to Europe and becomes a potion master. And um, how things change because of that. And, uh, <laughs> because no one's there to hear the prophecy. Mm-hmm. Well, that would be interesting. I might have to look that up. Yeah. It's a work in progress, I think. There are 19 chapters, so, you know, it's not the uh, tome that this one is, <laughs> at any rate. I, I don't think it's finished either. Um, cool. It, it may not be. I think it was updated in 2011. But then again, um, some of my stories that I started writing haven't been updated since 2000-something. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. They may come back. They might yeah. come back. Well, folks, we hope you enjoyed our coverage of A Better Man by Valandar. And we will be starting next week, or next time, we're going to be doing a Hermione Spock crossover. It is not a big sounds very strange, but actually works out much better than you think when you read it. (laughs) It's not a bagel, and it's new Spock, I would say it's probably new Spock. Mm-hmm. It references some of the things um, you see in the, the Spock flashback in the new movie. Mm-hmm. So. so join us for that one, and we're going to say goodnight so Trisha can go to bed. Yay! Good night, everyone. Good night, <laughs> night Trisha. Night. Thanks for sticking with us so long. Yeah. No problem. Right. I just fell asleep for the last five minutes. It's okay. So hold on to the wonder that those books brought to our lives. Keep each other safe. Keep faith. Good night.